Welcome to the Online Marketing for Doctors podcast, the place to grow and scale profitable practices with your show hosts, Huyen Truong and Steve Tate. Welcome to another Online Marketing for Doctors podcast, the first Australian healthcare marketing podcast channel designed to help motivated practitioners implement clever, effective marketing ideas to grow and scale their practice. Hello, uh, I'm your host, Stephen Tate, and this is... Thanks for joining us again on another uh, exciting podcast channel. We're excited today uh, as we've got another uh, guest post that we're bringing you today. Uh, so uh, first off, I'd like to introduce to you our special guest, Mr. Adrian Kuzner. Hello, and thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us on the podcast today. We're uh, in uh, Cremorne, Sydney. Uh, at uh, your uh, practice here. Uh, I was just wondering if uh, you could introduce yourself to our audience. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they call me Dr. Adrian Kuzner. I am a chiropractor. I have to make sure I say that after I say doctor. Um, yeah, we have um, a clinic called Cairo H3. We have two practices at the moment, one in Cremorne and one in Sydney CBD. Um, I've been in practice for about 25 years. I um, graduated initially from Adelaide University with a science degree, majoring in anatomy, and then went to do my postgraduate master's at Macquarie University, um, one, of the, one of the major teaching institutions for chiropractic in Australia. So that was about 25 years ago, and since then, you know, I started out as an associate doctor um, in a practice, and then four years later went on to buy one of the practices that I worked in. Um, and since then, um, I had that practice for about 15 years before I bought the second practice, which is now the Cremorne practice. So we've got those two practices, um, you know, incredibly successful practices, great. you know, a great team. So, um, you know, it's a good place to be after 25 years. Yeah, you've been in service for 25 years. That's an incredible achievement. <laughs> yeah, I and mean, you see chiropractic change a fair bit. And I think, you know, what it was like to practice 20 years ago is a completely different landscape to what it's like now. Um, and in many ways, you know, there's, there's um, you know, it's great. But in many ways, it's still challenging as well, and it's a different marketplace. And also, the consumers are different. What they were looking for 20 years ago is completely different to what they're looking for now. Um, you know, and obviously, there's ongoing publicity issues in chiropractic. Um, and sometimes you look at them as adversity and things you've got to navigate that are really challenging. But in, in fact, what tends to happen after those scenarios is everyone comes out stronger and more informed. And, sure. And um, they often can be good things rather than negative. Sure. And I mean, I think that's a great segue into today's topic, this idea of change and what you've seen uh, historically uh, with marketing your practice throughout sort of 25 years, because we're going to talk about something a little bit different today, because normally, you know, we're all about digital marketing and and what uh, are the new techniques and the, the modern ways of using digital marketing to advance your practice, but today we're actually going to look at something a little bit different because you still uh, employ a lot of ground marketing techniques. And so on today's podcast, we're going to look at the best ground marketing techniques to grow your practice fast. Now, ground marketing, uh, just to maybe give a little bit more of a background on it, the idea being that these are more your foot on the floor, out there, meeting, actively engaging with potential clients. And so very different from sort of what people are all aspiring to do right now, get online, 
you know, place ads on Google, place ads on Facebook, but you've uh, found this to be an effective strategy for your uh, practice. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we use it as part of our overall marketing strategy. So, of course, we do have our digital um, component to that. But we find that from actually getting face-to-face with people, you actually do have a chance to build rapport and build a real connection. So, for us, um, our ground marketing, our principal ground marketing techniques would be screenings. Mm -hmm. So, we run uh, pop-up stores that occur in shopping centres, but also at major expos. So, if you look in Sydney, for example, there's some really big expos that occur mostly over at the exhibition centre or convention centre. So, Things like um, the fitness show, the baby and toddler show, um, the half Sydney half marathon, things like that. Um, City oh, to surf, those big ones. That's a big yeah, they're, they're great events, and they're ones that are already with a market that's interested in what you've got to offer. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know, we look at baby toddler show. There's families, people looking at health, looking at health mm-hmm. choices for their family moving forward. And we know in in anything when it comes, particularly to medical, that women make the decisions around what the family is going to do and what they're going to engage with sure. in regards to health. So, you know, places like that are, are awesome. Plus, if you're looking at those, you know, the fitness show or the, uh, you know, Blackmores or the Sydney Half Marathon, they're people that are health conscious. They're yeah. people that are already engaged in health practices right. and they're looking for, you know, either solutions to current issues that are going on with them or they're looking at solutions around performance. So mm. we tend to use those kind of um, events for screenings. And then we also do corporate outreach. So... Mm. In the corporate environment, you know, particularly these days, um, the corporate world is looking at wellness Mm -hmm. and they're looking at how do we include wellness in the work environment, given that most people in the modern world are probably in the office from 40 to 60 hours a week. Mm -hmm. We need to make sure that we're employing wellness principles um, in the workplace and that gone are the days of separating life and separating life at home compared to life at work. It's all part of the same, the same kind of thing. So... In the corporate environment, most of what we do there is corporate speaking. Right. Um, and they tend to be like a lunch and learn format. So we might right. be there for 45 minutes to an hour. We give a presentation um, and then we generate leads off that presentation to right. come into the office. From their employees? Or yeah, from their employees. So, you know, we would arrange it through a HR manager where they basically, they, they, we will liaise with them, work out what the topic's going to be. You know, for us, we're using hot topics that are in the media and in the market at the moment. So it might be sitting as the new smoking. Mm. It might be stay fit while you sit. Because we know that this modern-day world of sitting at a desk for prolonged periods of time Mm. is a lot of the cause of many of the health issues that we're seeing in the modern world. Mm. And then one of our other favourite techniques, sorry, topics is stress management. Sure. Mm. So stress management being a big one. And something that, you know, everyone's had an experience with stress at some point, so it's a real hot topic to talk about. Right. Um, and in that scenario, the HR manager organises it. They, you know, invite their team, and we're speaking in front of, you know, anywhere from ten people to fifty people mm-hmm. um, at a time, presenting a topic that's really engaging and entertaining and thought-provoking, but gives them some real kind of actionable, tangible steps that they can take away straight away. Right. And that's an audience. Like for us, we use these techniques, like screening and corporate talk, because number one, you get a period of time with someone. Mm-hmm. We find that digital marketing is so can be quite fickle in that people are look at your page, they're there for five seconds, ten seconds. Getting longer engagement is can sometimes be the challenge, but when you're face to face with an audience, you've got a captured audience of 20, 30 people, you get to speak to them yeah. for a period of time, you get to chance to build rapport and develop a relationship, and they get a sense of what you're like and what mm-hmm. your practice is like. And also get a sense of what your mission, sure. your vision, your values, and what sure. you're all about. 
So it's building a relationship and getting better engagement with uh, your potential prospects. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And we also find the quality of the lead is different than what you're going to get in a digital digital platform. Mm-hmm. Because often I think on a digital platform, people are shopping around, they're looking for the next kind of idea or the next biggest deal or the thing that sticks out to them or highlights to them, mm-hmm. engages them. But when you actually got someone who sat and listened to you for 45 minutes, give a lunch and learn presentation, and they still decide that they're interested in what you do, they're a different consumer. They're yeah. pretty much, you know, 80% across the line that they're prepared to buy sure. because they feel like they know you, they feel like they know what you do. Yeah. Um, and so we get much better, you know, sure. conversion where they decide to start care with us. And and just so that the audience here who's listening has a chance to appreciate sort of what this means for your practice, what percentage would you say of, of your sort of new patients are coming from these types of techniques. Yeah, well at the moment we find that from the digital perspective we're probably getting about 10% of our new clients from digital, Mm -hmm. whereas we're getting, um, you know, the 90% are Mm -hmm. coming from our internal external marketing. So on the ground marketing you probably find that about 60% would come from our ground marketing, 10% from the digital, then you get about 30% from your internal um, marketing process, which is generating internal leads from existing clients. Yeah, right. um, As well as running internal events um, for existing clients. Great. So I think, you know, for us what it is is, Again, instead of, you know, sometimes I find digital marketing, you have to vomit onto the universe sure. and wait for people to catch it right. and hope that you're catching them at the right time when they're prepared to buy. Maybe sure. vomit's not the right word. Like in the medical context, that's a good word. It's but. a great visual for our audience <laughs> right now. But I, I feel like it's spewing information <laughs> out into the world, sure. hoping that there's consumers there that are at the point in their lives where they're prepared to buy. Mm. Correct. Whereas with our ground marketing, you're grabbing an audience, you're, you're often in that scenario, particularly when we're doing our lunch and learns, is it's a one-to-many mm-hmm. process rather than just a one-on-one where you've got one salesperson speaking to a prospective client and trying to get them to engage. Mm-hmm. It's a one-on-many process. Correct. Um, and you're all, they're already self-filtering as to whether they think they're a candidate for what you do. Right. So the ones that do decide that they're going to come in, you've got you know better conversion rates or much mm-hmm. better chance that they're going to start to buy or engage with the process or you know the treatment options you're giving. Sure. So forth. And have you always been using sort of these same techniques, say, over the 25 years? Or did you start with something, shift into something else? Has it always been? Look, in the chiropractic world, the chiropractic world has been um, very, well, has by necessity Mm. needed to get out there and have some alternate marketing techniques. Mm -hmm. Now, I guess it's also, you know, covered itself with some skepticism because of it. But I think what we need to understand is right from the very get-go when chiropractic became established in Australia, it was deemed to be like voodoo or witch doctor sure. or they're doing something crazy or different. Sure. And so, you know, we, we never relied on getting, you know, referrals, I guess, from other health practitioners, from doctors, from specialists and so forth. So in order to attract an audience, we already had to do some things that were slightly different. And, you know, back 30, 40 years ago when chiropractors were out there doing screenings or marketing, mm-hmm. you know, it was, oh, they're just, they're charlatans, they're selling sure. you into something. Sure. But guess what? Medicine's doing it now. They're doing these techniques in order to, like, to speak to an audience. So, look, in the chiropractic world, it's been going on for a very long time in that we've been out, you know, doing talks. Obviously, we've refined it and improved it mm. and so forth. I think that probably the most interesting thing since I've been in practice is really digital marketing didn't exist. 
Correct. So 25 sure. years ago, we weren't doing digital marketing. Marketing for us was yellow pages advertising. Right, right. In a book. <laughs> Correct. A that, book. A book that now only serves as a purpose to elevate your screen height for your ergonomics <laughs> on your computer. So, you know what I mean? Like, even, even that. So, you know, we were doing yellow pages advertising and obviously getting out and doing talking and screening then. And now I think it's, you know, it's flipped and that we're now doing digital marketing as well as doing, you know, our consistent, you know, yeah. other stuff um, as well. Yeah. Sure. I mean, obviously this has been successful for you and it, is it still something that's as successful or is it more or less as it's, consistent no, or has it changed sort of for you? I don't, I don't feel like it's changed. I feel like... Um, the audience is the same, has the same needs, they're still looking for the same thing. Mm-hmm. I think the only way it's changed is we get better at it. Right. And it's, it's definitely one of those things that the more you do, so for example, lunch and learns. You go out and do your first lunch and learn, you're not so great at it, you're not so hot. Mm-hmm. But by the time you repeat, repeat, repeat and you practice, you know, it's not so much about, you know, just delivering content. You can actually then deliver content with heart and purpose and passion and that creates a different outcome, I guess, in the end because people, when you speak into people and they really hear what you're talking about and you can engage with the audience and develop empathetic connection to them, you know, that's what people feel in that kind of environment in a lunch and learn. So I think we've just got better and better at it as time's gone by. Sure. And because of that, we have a greater return on our investment. So then it's really about making sure that we pick the right avenues to to go out and do our lunch and learn. Speaking to the right people. Absolutely. uh, Going to the right events. Yes. That sort of stuff. And again, I think, you know, these type of relationships, they're relationships you want to continue to nurture. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you don't want to be burning through corporate lunch and learn leads and then never going back there again. You want to be having this repeat relationship when you can continue Mm -hmm. to engage with an audience. And this is interesting where kind of the digital online component comes to it because that's where we like to develop a continued relationship, I guess, with them by getting them to join Facebook page, Mm. getting them to actively participate in a wellness um, page that we have for our corporates. Because when they can not just engage with us at a lunch and learn, but there's some continued um, relationship we can have with them, even if at no point do they ever decide that they want to become one of our clients, it's about continuing to um, to provide value yeah. um, in a way that they'll can engage with. Yeah, sure, sure. Now, I mean, we've already kind of touched on the idea that obviously you are still doing some digital marketing or that over time digital marketing has become a presence in your marketing mix. Um, but do you feel a, a, a heightened pressure to do more in sort of the digital marketing space? Or are you just comfortable with the fact that you've been successful with ground marketing and you can just let that go? We're the type of people that the status quo is never going to be good enough. Sure. <laughs> so it's not the type of thing I think you where you just want to sit on it and go, you know what, I'm comfortable with that. The, the space is ever expanding. I think it's ever growing. It's changing. And I think if you just sat back and mm. did what you did even one year ago or two years ago, mm. you're going to be left behind. Sure. So I think it's a really important part of an overall marketing strategy. Mm-hmm. I would never like to rely on it purely as our as our primary stream for, mm-hmm. for marketing. But, you know, I don't feel the pressure of it, but I think it's definitely something that you need to keep up with. I mm-hmm. think if you don't, you're missing out on a whole yeah. another piece of the pie or the mm-hmm. puzzle that really needs to you know, sit together to make a successful practice. And I think, you know, one of the challenges in, you know, particularly in chiropractic practices, but also maybe also in general medical practices is that um, 
if you don't create a system and a process that is repeatable around marketing, then your practice is probably going downhill. It's mm-hmm. not going, it's not growing and it's not expanding mm-hmm. and you're not really reaching the audience and having the impact that you could potentially have an impact um, on. Yeah. And you'll find that probably when you look at most healthcare professionals, the reason they're in it is because they want to make an impact. They want to change lives. They mm-hmm. want to improve people's lives, improve quality of life. You can't do that by just sitting in your practice and seeing the clients that walk in the door. The only way sure. you really do that and create massive impact is if you've got people coming in that need your care. Yeah. And, you know, do using digital marketing is a way to reach an audience that you would otherwise mm-hmm. not reach. Sure. Plus, I also imagine it's more of an integration now, too, because I imagine even these events, there's a digital marketing component to these events. Like, I, I don't know. Do, do you post events, like post photos of you guys on your social media channels or something like that? Yeah, like yeah it's, absolutely. Yeah, like it's not it's not just doing a ground event all on its own. There's a broader sort of even yeah. digital component that can still be a part of it. Yeah, yeah, and have you tried to collect these people' email addresses so you can keep marketing to them over time? Yes, yeah. yes, absolutely. Because <laughs> <laughs> so they can move, you know, from one company to another, and yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's very good, very important. Yeah, and, and I think we all know that database is everything. Yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. And um, that you need to be, you know, need to be collecting, yeah. you know, names and not. You know, creating these relationships that are unidimensional, that are just you in front of them, and then once you leave, mm. you know, it's all over. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Do you have any special offer at the event you you give you give out to these people in order to collect the information, like the contact? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we always give um, like a special offer. Now it's it's this delicate balance because we go out there into the corporate, mm. and it's not like you can go in there hard selling about yeah. you know come and see me. Um, <laughs> it's going to cost you this amount of money, hundreds of dollars. You've got to do it in a way where um, you know, obviously there's authenticity and, and a genuine nature to it, mm-hmm. but it, it, where it becomes that there's an arrangement that you, that has been negotiated so that, mm-hmm. you know, the staff get an opportunity to come and see what we do. Oh, okay. um, and so we always have a special offer. It's an intro offer where they basically get to come and see us and have some initial testing done where we get to meet them. We get to have a chat about what their specific concerns are. You know, if they've got any particular goals that they're looking to achieve that they can't currently achieve because whatever situation they're in. And then um, do some testing, find out what's going on, and then, you know, have the opportunity to sit down with them Mm -hmm. and then walk them through what a process might be on how that might unfold. What would treatment look like with us at Cairo H3 and, um, you know, what we could possibly achieve to help them reach their goals. And then they basically, you know, get that chance to decide is that something they're interested in. And if it is, then, we you know, we move forward. Um, And I think one of the other really important things, and I think it applies for all your marketing, is that you really do need to have metrics on all of these things. Sure. So that you can measure the success, right? Mm. Absolutely. Um, And, you know, there are things from, you know, the the number of new clients that you acquire off a digital process or the number of new clients you acquire, you know, off a ground marketing activity. And then how many actually convert into care, which, you know, for us is how many of people decide that they're actually going to start care with us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we have metrics around that. And then we obviously have metrics as well around retention, which is, do you keep them? Mm. Or are you burning through these people, giving them, you know, a couple of treatment sessions and they're out of there, they decide that mm. they don't want to continue to engage. So for us, we have these metrics around how we attract, how we convert and how we retain clients. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. No, the use of metrics, I think, is a great point for anyone engaged in any marketing uh, initiative. They've got to be able to know if this is providing a good return on their investment. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, 
these days, you know, we, we know that, you know, we have mission, vision and values mm-hmm. and the way we measure our impact is our impact on our mission and our impact on our vision is using these metrics because that's the only way we really know whether we're fulfilling our mission and our, and our vision of our practice. So uh, metrics is something. If you're not doing metrics, you have to be measuring the success of your activities, not only just those marketing as I spoke about, but how well you retain clients sure, um, as well as how well you kind of convert pers- convert prospective leads into actual clients as sure. well. Um, do you notice any sort of threats to these ground marketing techniques? Uh, like, is there any sort of outside influences that uh, are maybe uh, you might be, you know, concerned could impact the quality or or the effectiveness as they've had on your operations? Um, I mean, I don't necessarily see them as threats. I mean, we're obviously, as health practitioners, all bound by APRA, mm-hmm. and APRA has some fairly stringent um, rules around how you market, how you create special offers. Mm-hmm. Um, they're really, uh, they really don't like people being enticed into care that they would not otherwise consider necessary. As long as you stick to the rules and you work within the ground rules, then there really is nothing, you know, nothing else that we kind of have sure. to really worry about. Sure. Um, you know, I think probably our biggest challenge is always just having the bandwidth to be able to continue to do the activities and you've got enough hands on deck and you've got enough people there to be able to carry out the processes and especially when you're a practice which relies on seeing patients. Mm -hmm. So you rely on seeing patients but then you have to be doing these external or ground marketing techniques Mm -hmm. and you need bandwidth to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. You need hands on deck to be able to do that. And I think it's it's this delicate balance between and making sure that the people that are doing the activities, that is their skill set. Yep. So that we make sure that practitioners, that their skill set is around looking after clients and adjusting clients, that that's what they do. Right. And it's a completely different skill set for someone who's supposed to be out there in public right. and promoting the clinic or promoting our services and promoting what we do. Correct. So we make sure that, you know, from that perspective, we've got the right, mm-hmm. what we call the right bums on the right seats. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Again, and another very good point that... Uh, our audience should uh, pick up on that is yeah. a it's, it's a very valuable thing to to sort of employ to make sure that you've got the right people in the right positions. Yeah, because everyone's not a marketer. Correct. Not everyone can get up in an audience and speak in front of fifty people and do it with clarity and confidence Correct. and certainty and so forth. And yet you'll find people who believe they are. Yeah. And it, look, when you do your metrics, yeah, you'll see work out. And actually, are. maybe they can't. So I mean, look, it's really interesting in the chiropractic profession. Um, and again, it's probably not dissimilar in in the most of the medical profession. Mm. Is when we profile people's personality. We find that most of chiropractors are what we call caregivers. And caregivers are awesome being one-on-one with a client. Mm -hmm. But put them in front of an audience to speak to 50 people and it all starts to go downhill. So it's a unique skill set. And I think when we're looking at marketing and particularly the ground marketing, we've got to make sure that the right people are doing those right events and those right right ground marketing Mm -hmm. events. Because when we measure our metrics, it's going to be pretty evident whether they are the right people or the right fit. That's a good point. Uh, one more question just around ground marketing. I mean, do you have any advice for our listeners uh, who maybe might be considering it? Uh, maybe some uh, words of uh, encouragement or <laughs> discouragement? No, no discouragement. I, mean, I could speak hours just on planning. Um, <laughs> right. Look, I think like planning is a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Testing is a lot of it. I think... Um, Many people think that they have to get it 100% right the first time, Mm. otherwise it's a fail. Mm -hmm. I think it's a journey and it's a process, and I often think that 80% good enough is good enough, 
and that a lot of people are crippled and don't start something and don't start a ground marketing process because they're worried that it's not perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think sometimes you've just got to get in there and do it and just to do it in order to make the changes so that you make it better. So I think planning becomes a really important thing. I think just doing it takes a whole lot of guts. So just yep. get out there and make it happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I think training working with your team particularly the team that's going to be doing the marketing process and train them hard like train them in scenarios train them how you want them to represent the business train them on maybe the type of dialogue that they're going to use to engage with the audience mm-hmm. make sure they understand your product inside out they can't you know lack of certainty in the seller mm-hmm. is going to completely you know destabilize that relationship I and mean, you're going to lose integrity in that way so making sure that the team really understand the product and they understand what they're delivering or what we're delivering in practice. Um, yeah, I think they're kind of the major things. Training, I think planning becomes so important. Um, and again, the marketing component of it, making sure that what you project out there in the public is really representative of your brand, mm-hmm. is really consistent with the brand and sure. what you're trying to achieve back in practice. Sure. Um, but, you know, again, like... You know, as practitioners, we just want to help and serve people. And I think if you go out there with that authenticity, that the impact that you have is by really how much value you can give to someone. The more value you give to someone, the more you can impact them. Mm-hmm. And the money kind of sorts itself out. Do you know sure. what I mean? Like sure. practices will automatically become successful mm-hmm. when you give value. Correct. Right? You sure. just give value, guess what? You become successful. Sure. So I think you go out there with that mindset and then it doesn't really become marketing. It just becomes kind of, you know, giving and caring. Excellent. Well, thank you very much, uh, Adrian, for bringing this topic to our podcast listeners. I think it's great to get sort of a different uh, marketing idea out there uh, after listening to us go on and on about digital marketing. So I think it's uh, been a value, very valuable topic uh, that you've brought up for us today. Uh, I We do always at the end of our podcast, we have a sort of specific sort of medical marketing uh, question that we like to sort of throw on to our uh, guests spontaneously yes. without Go. them knowing <laughs> what's going on. Um, and I guess recently, uh, Huyen and I, we've been uh, doing a, a lot of discussion around uh, the question that you get from patients, how much does it cost? Yeah. And how we answer that question and, and w- what effect that it has on sort of you know, getting leads and converting those leads into patients. So we're just sort of wondering what is your experience with uh, answering that that question, that how much does it cost question, uh, and how does it influence, you know, your conversion rates? <laughs> it's an interesting question because you'd like to kind of throw back on them, well, how much is your health worth? <laughs> <laughs> a great but point. <laughs> that's a little hard Now, interestingly enough... Um, we actually don't get that question too much. Yeah, right. And the reason being is because when we do our marketing, um, we really talk about let's let's go to kind of the first kind of point, which is let's find out if we can actually help you, mm-hmm. whether what you're experiencing is something that we deal with, yeah. whether in fact we can help you. Mm-hmm. And if it's not us that can help you, we'll make sure that we refer you to the right person. Mm-hmm. But if it is us that can help you, well, then we're going to talk about what that strategy might involve as far as what does it involve with treatment and how much that might cost. Mm-hmm. So for us, we would never talk about the overall kind of amount that it costs. But if someone's kind of looking at, okay, what's kind of really the, 
the dollar rate yeah, the to come into the ballpark figure, figure to come into the practice. I have no hesitation in saying to them, look, the standard consultation is going to be somewhere between 65 to 75. Mm-hmm. It's set by um, our governing body. Mm-hmm. You'll find that that's standard across the board, mm-hmm. right? Because to me, like, when people are shopping on price, they're never really shopping on price. Like, money to me is never an issue. It's about value, and it's about whether they value what we do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when someone says to me, I can't afford it, mm-hmm. it's not that they can't afford it. They just don't see the value in what I do. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. That's quite, exactly. Quite like what we said in our sales guide about how to answer that question, you know, carefully. Uh, carefully. Yeah. Because it's not like, again, like even if someone's already engaged with care, mm-hmm. they've been with us for two months, three months, whatever it is, and that that um, idea that I can't afford it moving forward, mm-hmm. it's not that they can't afford it. Yeah. It's that they've failed to continue to see the value in what you do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so really, like, I put that back on ourselves to say, at what point did did we lose them where they failed to see that we were providing value, that there was an ongoing value to continue to engage with care. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really important question to ask ourselves as practitioners Mm -hmm. um, to actually put it back onto ourselves, to say, well, Mm -hmm. where did I stop? Mm -hmm. Where did I not continue to provide them value? Because as long as you continue to, they'll continue to engage with care and they'll move heaven heaven and earth to make sure that they can make it work financially. Sure. So, you know, I I also think that people will self-select themselves at the beginning and I'd rather them self-select themselves out Mm -hmm. and decide that they're not going to opt in right from the very beginning. Then we start a process and we never finish a process because they then halfway through the process decide they're going to drop out. Right. And I think it depends whether you have a scarcity mindset and that you want to try and take everyone, like everyone's got to come and see me, I'll take anyone who's prepared, mm. or whether you decide there's actually is a right fit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There's a right fit of a person that is the right person to be here because yeah. they're our peeps, they get us, they sim- they share similar values and ideas mm. about health and well-being. They, they belong in the practice. We see how they fit into our family. That's mm. a different kind of person to the mm. person who's already shopping for money. So we you know, let them self-select. If they want to go before they even begin, go right ahead. <laughs> great, great. No, that's wonderful advice and wonderful feedback. Uh, and I, we agree uh, very much with the idea that uh, it's sort of establishing the value of your services in their communicating clearly. it to yeah. them clearly. And, yeah. and I think you need to you need to communicate it consistently as mm-hmm. well because you know over time you know if we don't continue to put energy into the relationship with our clients like anything mm-hmm. any relationship deteriorates if you don't put energy into it and mm-hmm. so. It's continuing to kind of engage with them and showing that there's continued value with the relationship and then they continue to engage with care. Yeah. yeah. Great. And uh, if you want to find out more about this uh, topic, you can uh, download our sales guide that's available on the Online for Marketing for Doctors website uh, that'll talk a lot more about the how much does it cost question and, and how answering it can affect your lead conversions. Uh, that brings us to the end of uh, another fantastic podcast. Uh, thank you very much, Adrian Kuzner, for uh, joining us on the show today. Thank you. It's been fun. I could have, I could have kept talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope the hot seat. The longest one so much, yeah. <laughs> hope the hot seat wasn't too hot for you. That was awesome. Thank you. Excellent. You're a wonderful guest and uh, brought uh, a very valuable and interesting topic, a different perspective than uh, yeah, to, marketing. Than, uh, to marketing that uh, a lot of our audience members traditionally get so thank you very much thank you so much uh that uh, brings us to the end of the podcast uh if you have any feedback on this uh 
podcast, we'd love to hear from you. Just uh, drop a message into the comments uh, field below. Uh, Otherwise, we look forward to seeing you at the next show. Thank you for listening to the Online Marketing for Doctors podcast with Hu Yen Truong and Steve Tate. Be sure to check out the archive section on our website for previous episodes at onlinemarketingfordoctors.com slash podcast. And subscribe to the show so we can catch you at the next episode.